0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence
1: around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
0: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans, covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Boom! Up America! Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're great. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. Help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended stallers, tiedwright.com, sway so tire buying should be. Well, stop me if you've heard this before, but the LA Chargers played a close game, which their offense had the ball, and they lost. That seems like one of the stories. And there's a lot to it. There's some improvement in their defense, although there was a broken play on a third down. That got the Cowboys in position to score what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. Uh, the Chargers went for it repeatedly on fourth down. Did get it um, right around the goal line, but didn't get it around the goal line in a previous possession where they just could have you know, taken the three points, and that ended up being the difference. Dak Prescott played far, far better. They got the ball to CeeDee Lamb, and the Cowboys win what amounts to a virtual home game in SoFi. Here's Justin Herbert. OK, just just Justin Herbert, who, of course, look, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible, but he missed several throws, including one that. By Troy Aikman's account could have been a touchdown to Keenan Allen. Um, and, you know, what's what's weird about that drive, it was it was the next to next to last drive. Right. But they end up getting the ball back on a muff punt after a couple holding calls and scoring a touchdown. Nonetheless, here's Justin Herbert.
1: How did things go with the finger today, obviously? I mean, you played the second half with it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but just mm-hmm. how did you feel like you felt out there with, with the finger?
3: You know, I, I thought our training staff did a great job preparing me and, and getting me ready to play, and I felt safe, like, you know, going out there and being able to take those hits and, and being covered, covering the ball and being safe with the ball. Um, so it uh, it really didn't cross my mind too much. That last play with, with Quentin at the end on the interception, did you just walk through, it? like, what happened on that play? Was it... Uh, just the pressure that got to you, or was was there a miscommunication? Yep, I, I threw it and the guy picked it off. You made a good play on it. Yeah, kind of, kind of
2: matter of fact play. Before I thought, this is me. I thought Kellen Moore got a little out of coach there, right? Uh, because previous to that, they're moving the ball down the field, getting close to midfield, and there's the two minute warning, and then out of the two minute warning. The Cowboys came after him with, I think, five or six on that, on that snap. And Micah Parsons got home, and the next one he was under pressure and kind of stared down his wide receiver, threw it early, and then it was picked. But regardless of that play, or if they win, they lose, Like th- that's not typical Justin Herbert. He, he missed throws that he normally makes. He didn't, play partic- he didn't play well from his own standard. That's fair. Totally fair. Um, and, you know, like, like Herbert's known to do, if you pay any attention, he didn't point fingers, and he didn't over-talk, right? He just said, yep, guy made a good play, picked out the ball. Didn't blame his offensive line, didn't blame anybody. Here's his head
3: coach, Brandon Staley, on the loss. Herbert had a couple of uncharacteristic misthrows. Uh, did the hamping, you think, affect him at all? No, it had
2: more to do with the Cowboys.
3: Derwin had a couple of fifteen yards to mm-hmm. Are you concerned at all that he might be getting a
2: reputation or they're looking for him? What I know,
4: Jeff, is that we can't have thirty yards to defensive, you know, penalties like that because it's worth a lot of yardage and it keeps drives alive. So, you know, we gotta keep, you know, educating, which we do, and you know, we gotta make sure that we're penalty free because there's a lot at stake when you make penalties like that.
2: It's easy to point the fingers and say the Chargers blew it. Let's also point out the Cowboys played really well, especially Dak Prescott. Here's Dak Prescott on the win.
5: Coming off of the performance last week, uh, just wanted to respond. Uh, this game couldn't, I bet if you asked anybody in the locker room, this game couldn't come fast enough. I just want to get that taste out of your mouth and move forward. Um, and that's what our message is really worth this week, but just about moving
2: forward. Okay. I mean, I, look, I thought Dak was good, and – We've been critical of Dak when he's not good. He had some drops of some really well-thrown balls. They seem to scheme up some stuff that worked pretty well. I do think the Chargers' defense, especially against Run, was really good last night, right? And they made made Dak run the football in the first half, which Dak was effective, but it it eliminated Tony Pollard's ability to run the ball from scrimmage. It's a good, hard-fought game. Both teams failed in the red zone. Both teams ended up, you know, getting some success late. Both teams had some untimely turnovers. And the Cowboys, because of that touchdown to make it 17-10, they hold on, and the Chargers never get a field goal. And yet you look up, and there the Cowboys are. What are they, 4-2 and two on the year? And the Chargers are 2-3 on the year, coming off of a bye. They did look sharp. They did look fresh. But the inability, you've got to be able to put points up, more points up in the red zone, and they didn't, and ended up costing them. And then Micah Parsons made a great play late. Um, and look, again, I'm somebody who I'm, I've am i watched every snap Justin Herbert has ever taken. Every snap. That was probably bottom five games for him in terms of accuracy. Um, and yeah, he was under some pressure, but, you know, a lot of that is he can make some adjustments. He can dump it off. He wasn't seeing things as well, you know, as he probably should have. And now the, the, now they're, they're going to be in a dog fight to make the playoffs again, because they got Chiefs next. the lions, the Ravens. Yes, they have some, the bears. Yes, they have the Broncos twice. and yes, they have some other games that they can win. But they got some other games they can lose as well. Um, I'd also point out that while there were a lot of cowboy fans, it didn't feel like 75 percent cowboy fans. It felt 50-50. It felt 50-50. I was not in the stadium, to be totally candid, so I don't know that for a fact. But I'll also tell you, and I think these guys can attest to it because we've all now been to a game at SoFi, either Rams or Chargers. And with a couple exceptions, I think it's, it's Vegas and L.A. are the two best places to go watch a game because the fans are split half and half. And it... It makes for a much more exciting game. It makes everybody is into every play because every play does matter. You, you, is that fair, Jay? Too, when you've been there, is it like because most home stadiums you go to, right? It's all one team, not the other. And if that team's playing poorly, it's crazy quiet. If that team's playing well, it's loud until you know you get third quarter and then everybody kind of mails it in. I, I like the fact that it's a split crowd, even if it's seventy thirty for the road team.
3: Especially those first couple of years at the uh, at the soccer stadium, um, it was truly a just kind of a neutral, um, like I guess you would say, like almost international game where two teams just met somewhere and they were mostly the other team's fans. Um, yeah, SoFi has kind of evened it out a little bit, and I think that the Chargers having um, some success and having some some star power has maybe uh brought some of the uh the trendy fans out but um you know li- listening to the game last night just just listening to it there there seemed to be like as you said an equal amount of cheering for both teams having success and i don't know i don't know if i'll ever quite reconcile that that's just not usual i don't know if i'll ever get to a point where i'm like oh that that's normal you know
2: yeah yeah um, are you completely selling your stock on the Chargers this year?
3: No, no, I'm not selling stock. I think they have they have a great roster of players. you know I've mentioned several times you're probably sick of hearing this this is this roster is constructed with Justin Herbert's rookie deal in place there There is a lot of talent on this team, and if something can just happen to trigger a change a shift, a uh, different energy, um, then I, I I don't I'm not going to lose faith in this team to be, because they have been in every single game as you know.
2: I I like I mean like look I still like the team I think the defense is better. Um, I mean I think the offense is a lot better obviously with Eckler than it is without him. Uh, a little let down by the offensive line, but some of that is the Cowboys are good. Yeah, the the other part to it is, and I. I think we, make a, we do a bad job of this generally in sports. Is You know, both teams are trying to win. We make games about one team and not the, not the other. You know, both teams are trying to win, and it was an important game for the Cowboys. Cowboys celebrated that win as if it clinched them into a division. That was a, I don't want to say backs against the wall, but considering how they had been really embarrassed the week before, you know, um, and that's like a LA's like a home away from home because they some of those dudes lived there. They all, they train there every offseason, you know, every training camp is, is in Oxnard. Um, they always, they play, play every year there. That's part of Jerry's deal with the league. So I think the whole thing is fascinating that we make losses about, oh, same old Chargers. When the Cowboys were the ones that muffed a punt. They didn't muff a punt. They muff a punt. Like, that was a weird play that, you know, where a guy gets blocked into the, return man but it doesn't hit anybody and then one of the Cowboys thought that it hit somebody else so he goes in diving after it and then that ends up being a fumble and the Chargers get an extra possession a lot of penalties on both sides as well it was not a cleanly played game and so as much as I'd love to say like hey you know refs keep it in your pocket fact is that there was the hold, like the holds that they had late in the game there was a PI on on the Cowboys late which seemed a little flimsy but you know, I mean, credit Keenan Allen. He would, he got knocked off his route because of the holding. But not a cleanly played game. You know, the, the Cowboys had some drops. Justin Herbert had some bad misfires that were uncharacteristic. But at the end of the game, you know, the home team's coming down the field, down three points, and ends up getting picked off with under two minutes to go. It was close. It was exciting. And, I don't know, the Monday Night Football was, was pretty good. Yes, John Ramos?
6: Which I, I would say that the Chargers are a better team than the Cowboys. Mm. I think they should
2: have won that game. They should have won. I mean, the Cowboys, you don't think, you, you, we talk about the fact how, how, how talented the Chargers are. And, and the I Cowboys think are talented too now, yeah, but John. are they as talented as the Chargers, though? I mean, the defense quor- of the Chargers is really good. Better quarterback. I think Herbert's what, better what, than Prescott. What, last night, Prescott played better than Herbert. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, but it, I mean, just just because you are better doesn't mean you play better every night. You would hope, right? Justin, Any Justin given Sunday, I, I understand that. I'm okay, just so so okay, so uh, on defense for the Cowboys, the Cowboys' defense is really good, and Micah Parsons. I love Joey Bosa. Micah Parsons is better. Okay, nobody would argue that. Now, do they have Derwin James? Do they have other guys? And remember, you know the the Cowboys are down a couple of defensive players due to injury on offense. Like, I I don't I I like Eckler more than Tony Pollard, but. It, I they, do too. They're, they're similar. They're similar. Um, I'd say the Cowboys' offensive line isn't great. Chargers' offensive line has a reputation of being better, but they were not better last night. Micah Parsons is the best player on uh, on either defense. He's, he's better than Joey Bosa. It's not really that close. And Joey Bosa is a really good player. Micah Parsons is like one of the five best players in the NFL. And I guess not having back Williams there does limit a little bit of the offense, I guess. I mean, Keenan Allen is really good. But I guess not having him on the other side does limit their offense a tad. But I still, yeah. th- I still believe the Chargers are a better – I believe they're a better team than the Cowboys are. And
6: I bet, and, th- and I think they should have won that game. They- I think they're just but, better But that's, than-
2: that's classic Chargers, though. Yeah. Like you have a better yeah. roster and you're playing at home and you should win the game and you don't. And you know, and you had the ball. And all three losses this year, they've had the ball, a chance to tie or win the game. And all three of those, obviously their losses, they have, have not. Be sure
4: to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Do you
7: love Selena?
1: Like, really love?
7: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever
2: you get your podcasts. That's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. So I saw this from uh, Tony Petiti. Tony Petitti, uh who he used to run the MLB Network. Before that, he actually ran CBS Sports, uh, the TV side, for years. And Tony is now the commissioner of the Big Ten. And um, uh, earlier today, uh, earlier today at the Senate Judiciary Committee on NIL, he said, quote, we're concerned that management of college athletics is shifting away from universities to collectives. Get what that means in a second. But first, if you like debit over credit, don't you think it's time to get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility in terms of discover.com slash cashback debit discover bank member FDIC. Look the idea of that is, you know, everyone's trying to figure out this new world order of NIL. And I warned people a long time ago that there wouldn't be no true NIL. It would just be pay for play, which is what it is. And the way in which pay for play works is you have a collective uh, you can solicit people to donate to the collective. The collective can then sponsor, or you know, pay people whatever their nil uh, negotiated terms are. But the way it actually works is, you go to individual donors and you tell those donors, like, "Hey, listen, you know, Doug Gottlieb needs nil. Can you take care of? You know, you can take care of him." So, so, let's say I somebody gave fifty grand, eighty grand. You know, they, they give me 125 grand, whatever it is for a year. What Tony Petiti's getting to is his Big Ten coaches telling him, like, look, we're trying to do our jobs. But imagine if your salary was paid by somebody outside of who you actually work for. You know, it's not a side hustle. It's your main hustle. But you're, you're actually getting paid by the collective. But the, you really get paid by individual donors. So those individual donors now, you know, become entitled and even more powerful. And they, they, you know, if they don't like a player or if they don't like a coach, they can kill the whole thing. Don't like a player? Stop paying them. Don't like the coach? Stop paying them. Additionally, in some schools, they're so powerful because you don't have that many donors that have that many boosters that if the player that they like isn't getting isn't getting uh, playing time, they can more than complain, they can stop payment. If you stop payment, you lose the player. The crazy system. So, yes, Tony's right. Tony Petiti is right. And it's something that they're trying to address. How do you maintain control of your program? And what happens is you have people that they don't know anything about anything. You know, what do you mean, control of your program? Oh, coaches are losing control. Yes, you're in charge. You get paid from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars because everything falls under your purview. Well, imagine whoever your manager is, whoever your boss is, if you're under their purview, yet you're actually getting paid by an outside entity and that outside entity is not supposed to have any power. It's a really hard thing. John Milkoff joins us. NFL analyst hosts a 3 and Out podcast. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the Tyrackcom studios. Uh, last night, was it more about the Cowboys or the Chargers?
4: Uh, I think a combination of them both. I think you saw, you know, a star young quarterback have one of the worst games you're going to see him play, uh, miss some miss plays in big spots, and obviously in a low-scoring game it cost them. And Dak really on the – It was essentially, to me, the game-winning drive where he scrambled, he made the play to Tony Pollard, and then the touchdown pass where he backpedaled. To me, those are two of the better plays he's made this season, uh, really played winning football. And obviously, Micah Parsons made a play late, and kind of the difference. And of course, Brandon Staley, you know, is very hit or miss when he goes for it, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
2: Yep. 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 Where are you on the Chargers and this season in totality?
4: Well, to me, if you know Justin Herbert. You and I have watched him closely since he's been in the NFL. He doesn't usually, you know. I, I thought you know relative to his standards was pretty bad.
2: Yep. So you
4: know, he, one of the five
2: worst games I've seen every snap. One of the five worst games he's played.
4: One hundred percent. So if he if he's going to play bad, they will lose. Especially if you're playing another playoff team. Maybe they get by playing a crappy team. But what's crazy is how often. You know, in recent memory, besides, I think they had a little stretch last season, does their defense, you know, play like that in terms of points allowed. So um, that's a tough one. But it was, you know, I mean, I would say at the beginning of the season, most people are going to pick the Cowboys in that game. We know how it turns into a home field advantage for basically everyone that comes in, but specifically the big brands, right, with the Steelers come there, the Packers come there, the Cowboys come there. So it's it's a huge advantage. Listen, as long as you got Justin Herbert, like, just, I'm not, obviously, a big fan of the coach, but they're not dead by any means in terms of making a wild card.
2: Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, what about Dak? Does this change how you look at him?
4: No, I mean, I, I think if he could just play a little looser. You know, it felt like in the Niner game he was really tight, and it felt like that last year in the playoff game, and when he plays like that, he doesn't have, you know, the physical capabilities he actually showed some more last night, but you know, he's not throwing it like Josh Allen, so it can look really, really bad. I you know, last night there was kind of a looseness to his game. He was good. I mean he 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 made some really high level forty million dollar a year quarterback play. So if they get good Dak, I mean they're a twelve thirteen win team and then it's just gonna come down to the playoffs. Obviously I think when the dust settles, the Niner game, a little bit of an outlier, though so they'll have to play them and the Eagles, you know, obviously they played the Eagles this season, but then again in the playoffs to make to make a run. But it's going to be, you know, to me it was more about the Arizona game when they were down and they didn't show a grittiness. There was a grittiness to them last night that, let's face it, McCarthy's teams lacked the problem, uh, and you saw it on both teams. Now, A lot of the flags on the Chargers, their offensive linemen aren't good enough. So those were all legitimate penalties to me. Some of the Cowboys penalties are just kind of stupidity. But let's face it, that's kind of been a Mike McCarthy thing, right, since he's been the Cowboys coach.
2: Yeah, I I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? The Chargers offensive line was supposed to be all fixed because you get your all pro left tackle back and you had played some some other guys in, in his stead and now they moved over to, quote unquote, easier positions and they got exposed, right? They they truly got exposed. Let, let's work our way to the Eagles. Um, look, I, I, I Jalen Hurts was awesome last year and I'm willing to contend that he's way better than we ever could have thought he would be. On the other hand, and I, I got this really from an NFL personnel guy, like you go from being a game manager, and somebody we don't know of is a long-term answer to being considered the best player in the league. That's a, it's a seismic jump, and it feels like he's regressing towards the mean. And some of it is tougher schedule. Some of it is they're getting everybody's best shot. Some of it is people have more tape on it and different play color. But, I mean, could some of it be we may have gone a little bit too all-in on Hurts too early?
4: I think, as a whole, he has not played you know, relative to last year, clearly at the same level. If you look at Sunday, though, his offensive coordinator last year really helped him out. This year, it feels like because they're paying him all this money and they do have two sweet wide receivers and a sweet tight end, they're like obsessed with passing the ball. You know, from a betting standpoint, the reason I didn't like take the Jets in that game as an underdog, that you know, you could see like, oh, well, they are talented. This isn't the craziest thing at that home. Was because you can run on the Jets. They're actually built when you pass, right? They have unlimited pass rushers. They have good DBs. They're well-coached on defense. But if you lean on them, look at the Patriot game, right? The Patriots kind of got into this ugly grit-and-grind game. That's not really how they're built. And the Eagles are built to run right down their throat. And then toward the end of the game, even before Hurts threw the the interception that basically ended it, they DeAndre Swift had 10 carries. Like, to me, that should have been like a 35-carry game for the running back group, and just completely control the clock, especially when you got the lead. So, I'm not defending the passes. It's clearly just not a good pass for a 45, 50 million dollar quarterback. You can't make it. But I think it's coordinator Brian Johnson, and this is the thing you never know in the NFL when you have a really good coordinator. And you know, some head coaches. It's why I like my head coach to also be my coordinator, right? When you have Sean McVay, when you have Kyle, when you have. LaFleur, when you have Andy, when you have these guys, even when they lose a coach, you do not lose the play caller. Well, well, Sirianni, who, listen, he's, he's got a root for, I, I like Sirianni, but when a coordinator leaves, that has a direct impact on his offense, and I think you're seeing a dramatic drop-off to just the, the flow. There's like, a, we talk about it a lot with players, you know, guys have instincts, guys don't in basketball and football and something you can't teach once you get to the pro level. Let's face it, I don't exactly know how you develop them. It's probably, you know, as an assistant coach, who you're around, the head coaches that teach you, the coordinators you work for, the way your mind thinks about football. But there is clearly, if you've been watching football long enough, in pro and in college, some guys are just more instinctive as play callers than other guys, and... You saw last year with the Eagles, there, there was an ebb and flow to everything they did, right? There's an ebb and flow when you're watching McVay or Kyle or Andy when they're working it. You watch Brian Johnson, I've basically watched every snap the Eagles have played. There's just, it's just like he's calling random plays. It, 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 there's no flow to it. And listen, I, I'm not trying to absolve Jalen for not playing as well, but there is dramatic, everything's the same. All the offensive linemen are the same. I mean, Lane left that game, but all the skill guys are the same. The only thing that's different is the guy calling the play to the headset.
2: Mm hmm. Like, look, I would, and I know this is going backwards, like, I would tell you, I thought Kellen Moore got exposed a little bit. Um, you know, the two minute warning, going to the two minute warning, the Cowboys were playing very soft and kind of containment coverage. Then they come out of the two minute warning on third down, and they get after him two straight downs. Like, I thought that was, and, and that's, that's the youth of a play caller, right? You're sitting there looking at your sheet and dialing it up based upon personnel or whatever, and they change it up. And, you know, like it happens in basketball all the time. Somebody switches defense out of a timeout when you think they're going to go in at the same defense, and you only learn that by experience.
4: Well, think, think about where he learned his offensive philosophy, right? It was as a player for Chris Peterson. And when you watch those Boise teams, and I watched them firsthand when I was at Fresno State, they could light you up in the air. And, listen, I, I, McCarthy's comments this offseason about getting back to the run game, I think ultimately what he was saying was we, we just you, we have to be able to run the ball. Welcome to the NFL. When, when did the Chiefs last year really take off? Isaiah Pacheco. Like, you have to have a physical running component. And you've got to be willing to do that. And Kellen Moore is just much more inclined to call pass plays. It, it, it's clear. And, and listen, I'm, I'm going to root for Kellen Moore, and it goes back to his boys' State days. But, but he is, when all else fails, going to lean with a pass, even in sometimes a running situation.
2: Stug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of John Middlecoff. He joins us now. Um, okay, so I, I, I look around and I think of the surprising teams in the National Football League. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what happened to the Niners. Right, what happened to the Niners? Now, I I I get it. Like you lose Christian McCaffrey, you still lose on a field goal, very makeable field goal. But do you think that exposed anything with the Niners?
4: Well, I think for the they've had it pretty easy. You know, you see it a lot with college, like Michigan's going through it right now. They're just destroying people. What happens? And in college, you you can't afford a loss a lot of the times. In, In the NFL, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And for the first time, they got into a game one, which was close, and two, they, the other team could match their physicality. And let's face it, the first, whatever, five games, think about the Cowboy game the week previously. They were knocking out Cowboys. And the Cowboys are one of the more physical teams in the league, and they were sending guys. They've literally sent guys to injury reserve. And for the first time, the Niners were getting knocked out. Within a couple-play stretch, you had Debo on the sideline and Sweat. You had Trent Williams limping off. Christian McCaffrey has blood all over him, oblique injuries. And, I, listen, I got a lot of respect for that unit, what Jim Schwartz is doing. I'm sure you've, on the show, said the stat yesterday about how they've left, uh, allowed the least amount of yards. I mean, that defense, physicality-wise, is the most physical unit in the league. I also think the Niners, Drake Greenlaw, while he's not the best defensive player, he's kind of their crazy tone setter, and they got exposed a little bit. The, the, the Browns were able to run the ball on him, and they hit a lot of like little kind of screen plays. And you can't double-team Fred or you can double-team Dre Greenlaw, but you can't double-team them both. And they, they got exposed that way. Now he's coming back. And let's face it, there was a stretch in that game with the rain where Purdy's you know, hand size ball was slipping, he couldn't grip it, which to me, if you would have told me Brock Purdy was doing what Brock Purdy's doing, but he's from San Diego State or, you know, went to a school in Florida or the South, I'd be like, yeah, that's a little concerning. He played in Iowa State. So, obviously, the games he used to play in there, spring ball, uh, that was never something I had heard of that struggling to grip the ball. Maybe it was just a weird, slippery day, but it was a major, major issue for about, I don't know, a quarter and a half. I mean, they, they couldn't pass because the guy couldn't hold on to the football. And when he did, the ball was going all over the place out of his hand.
2: Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the Patriots are going to do. What do you think their offseason looks like?
4: Well, you know, there's going to be a lot of talk over the next couple of weeks. I don't, I don't know the specific trade deadline date, but I've seen, like, you know, the Patriots can unload what? I mean, they got, they got nothing to unload. The best part, if you're Robert Kraft, you don't really need to do anything. I mean, Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, these guys are clearly really, really trying. It's not like Bill is, you know, he used to work 12-hour work days. Now he's a 9-to-5 guy. You know he's really, really trying to win these games, and they're losing. So I just think you let it play out. I think the question you're going to have to answer, though, at the end of the season is, do you let Bill pick a new quarterback? And I, I probably said this to you before, uh, but I'm going to keep saying this. Bill Belichick, his greatest attribute as a manager, unless he was the coach and the GM, was being ruthless, was being unemotional. He copied Bill Walsh, right? I'm going to get rid of you a year early, not a year late. And it served them I mean, it was great for the Crafts and Tom Brady over a 20-year span. Would Bill Belichick fire himself if he was in a position over him after what he's witnessed? I mean, the the, the game started. I looked up. They had like a false start on the first play of the game. You know, Mac Jones just wasn't a good player. Uh, I, I never understood the pick, though I understand from Bill they were desperate for a quarterback. To me, the team just isn't that talented. That's a reflection of Bill. He's 71, 72 years old. Uh, I, I understand he's made everyone in that organization, specifically the owner, a ton of money. But sometimes, isn't it just time? You know, do you, just, do, you once got do, fired do you the, do the, you
2: do you say? I know. Do you just say, "Hey, we're going to have somebody else do player personnel"?
4: But I don't think. Well, what does that really fix, hey, Bill? It's, how, well,
2: how I mean, do, like, look, like, like look, they have to.
4: Guys th- are just open-minded to that type of stuff. I. I think he kind of just got to rip the Band-Aid off and just end it, and then let Bill. Let's face it; I mean, Bill was still. Some of these teams would be desperate with openings. The Bears, the Washington, I, I everyone always in my DMs. Middlecoff, what are you talking about? He's been terrible for the last five years. He's still Bill Belichick. I'm not saying it would work, but you don't think the the Bears? Would I don't actually think. Bill I don't Belichick. actually
2: think he's been terrible. I would point out. I don't think he's been terrible. I think they've been in a talent. Uh, uh, they've been they've there's been a discrepancy in the on the negative side of the talent as opposed to who they're playing against for years and yet they've still been able to be a playoff team two years ago seven and nine with a terrible roster and a terrible quarterback in the covid year like i actually think it just the problem is they don't have good enough players i'll i'll, tell you, I'll give you i'll give you a place i'll give you a place that there's a maybe there okay who's the arizona cardinals are bad Right, and Gannon's been better than people would have thought, but the guy run the Arizona way, way Cardinals better, way better. I bet. But but the guy run the Arizona Cardinals came from New England. I don't know. It's not not crazy. Not crazy. It's got to be somebody Belichick friendly who's got who's got a better grip on personnel. Because he One wants to Bill Always his did record. with
4: Brady in the draft room. You know, all these other teams, he would draft a guy in the third round. Everyone in their own draft room would look at each other and that player would be in, like, 90% of other draft boards seventh round. Yep. But he was always able to get away with it because of Tom, because of the infrastructure, Gronk and Edelman, and they, they could kind of figure it out. But once you remove the quarterback, that kind of philosophy of taking this guy, well, this guy was a rugby player, he's a team captain, he's a 4.0 student, wrestled in high school, but he's kind of an average player. Bill, like, loved that guy. And it doesn't quite work when you, when you don't have Tom in, in a top-flight defense.
2: Awesome stuff, Middlecoff. John Middlecoff, three and out is the podcast. Download it. You'll be rewarded for it. Thanks so much, John. See
4: you, Doug. Later. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Do
7: you love Selena?
1: Like, really love?
7: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Game time is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. Let's get to a game. <laughs> It's game
5: time. It's game time.
2: On the
4: Doug Gottlieb Show.
2: Dan Beyer, what's the game today?
5: Doug, the game is? Rank em. All right, Doug, rank the top three teams in the National Football League through six weeks of the season.
2: <sighs> top three teams. Um... Hmm. I know who my number one is. Who's that? The, uh, the Niners. So. Okay, all right. Uh, Niners are gonna be one. I mean, I'm gonna put Chiefs two. Hmm. And I'm gonna put the um, I'm gonna put the Dolphins three. Wow! No lions. No.
5: Even though they beat the Chiefs in they, Kansas they City. Did.
2: They did, and I'm not doing the asterisk the way that uh, uh, Mike Tirico said, but there is the mental asterisk, which I think is what he meant, right? Like close game. I like the Lions; they're right there in the conversation with the Eagles. Um, and frankly, I like, and I know the Bills could have lost this last weekend. I'd still put the Bills in that discussion. Uh, yeah, those stuff feel like are the best teams.
5: All right, Doug. Now, this on the heels of Julio Jones signing with the Philadelphia Eagles. I was going to limit it to wide receivers, but I'm going to limit it. I'm going to expand it to any position. Rank the
2: top okay. three
5: NFL players that looked weird in their different
2: uniforms. Oh, that's a great one. That is such a good question. Look weird in their uniforms. I mean, like, look, I, I wasn't really paying attention to the San Francisco's kicker, but when it wasn't Robbie Gould, I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> It's just weird to me. And there are some so, that
5: still is there are some that still think of him as a Chicago
2: Bear. Chicago Bear, yeah, sure, yeah. I got so sure. excited to turn my mic. Uh, a weird, let's see here, weird in their new uniforms. Man, there's a bunch of you them. know Jerry the Rice in a Seahawk
5: one is always one that that was so up. odd.
2: Yep, yep, always weird, always weird. Johnny Unitas in a Charger uniform, sure. Right? Um, but like, let's say currently weird. Who, uh, Zeke Elliott's yeah. weird. Yes, Zeke Agreed. In, the, in the Patriots. Okay, we'll put him at three. Okay, um, I'm open to other suggestions because there's there's honestly a lot. Um,
5: when Favre went, went into the Vikings to the uniform for the first time, that was... oh this was... is all time.
2: Uh, just this yeah, is all time yeah. or this is right yeah, now? Yeah, just all time. Oh, yeah. all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Johnny Unitas with the Chargers. Favre with Favre with the Jets was even weirder than... Far with the Vikings was weird, too. Favre with the Jets was weird. Favre uh, would be two. And then one, Tom Brady in a Buccaneer uniform. Yeah. That never looked right.
5: All right, Doug, rank your top three Philadelphia Phillies of all time.
2: Ooh. Uh. Ooh. Mitch Wild Thing Williams. All right. Right? Um... Mike Schmidt of course, the legend to be Mike Schmidt, right got it has to be it has to be uh, and then I would say, I mean, there's two current like more present day guys, and I would you do Chase Utley or Jimmy Rollins oh, or,
5: man. Are, they, are
2: they one are they one human being?
5: I've got my own you're like the, yeah, the modern day you're guy right yeah.
2: It's
1: almost
5: Okay, like so a I'll, do, I'll do here's a
2: Yeah, here's what, I'll do Mitch Williams at 3. I'll do Jimmy Rollins cuz he was the I think he was an NL MVP at 2 and then I'll do Mike Schmidt at 1. All right. Who would yours be? Who am I missing?
5: Well, I really Cole Hamels was always great to deal with and uh uh Brad Lidge when the Phillies won the World Series uh stuck around and did an interview with me like 2 hours after the game. So those are always near and dear to my heart during the uh, World Series. So, And well, then Mike him Schmidt, himself. of course. Everybody loves Mike Schmidt. And that's game time.
3: That's game, huh? Game time. This
4: is game time on the Doug
3: Gottlieb Show. All
2: right, coming up on the Doug Gottlieb Show, we're live at the Tyrac.com studios. Um, I like this topic. Uh, is there really an Aaron Rodgers effect? Right? Is, is it more than just the aura? Aura. We'll discuss that next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.
0: MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.